Welcome to another episode of Movies with My Mother. My name is Alexis Norton. And I'm Lori East. And uh, we today watched The Warriors, um, a 1979 cult classic um, from director Walter Hill. Uh, it's rated R. It was uh, an hour and 34 minutes long. It was a nice movie, uh, very interesting. Walter Hill Walter Hill is an interesting type man. Uh, he grew up in California. Okay. Uh, he was uh, bumped in the 60s. He was bumped out of the Army at the draft. At that time, it was been the Vietnam draft. And uh, he went to University of Michigan. Oh, Spartan. a Spartan. He's a Spartan. He graduated in 1962. Okay. So he's an interesting person. Yeah. I saw that he had a lot of uh, big credits to his name. I saw that too. I yeah. was. I, I even recognized some of those movies. Yeah, the 48 Hours movies? Yes. How many times have you seen those? I've never seen any of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I keep telling you I don't watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> and I still don't believe it. I know. Um, he also did Brewster's Millions, which I recently just watched because Justin had it on. I recognize that name. Um, a movie called Red Heat, and I don't know why I wrote that down, because it rings no bells to me, but the cover of the movie, the the picture of the movie box, yes. uh, it rang bells. I don't know. And uh, Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis. Oh. Yeah, I know Bruce Willis. Yeah. Well, I don't know him, but I know him, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was based on a 1966, 1965 novel, uh, The Warriors, by Saul Urich. Um, and I've seen this movie a hundred times. Again, I did not know it was an adaptation. Um, it's one of those things that it bleeps in the credits and I don't pay attention to. Right, and how do you set set a whole book to a movie? I, I really don't understand that. I, it just amazes me that you can turn a book into a movie. I do it all the time. I know, but the movie in my head after a book is much better than any movie I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah. Um, This movie, it did okay in terms of money it looks like it had an estimated budget of four to seven million dollars uh primary filming was done between the hours of midnight and 8 a.m i understand that there was nobody on the street yeah which is weird because new york is the city that doesn't sleep right but maybe you know we, we gotta remember that 1970 something was a different time yeah but Still in New York, hustle bustle all the time. Well, not everything was twenty four seven back then. Even probably New York. Okay. Um, it brought in about twenty two and a half million dollars. Oh. Wow. It opened in six hundred and seventy theaters, which That's doesn't sound like a lot. Don't we have six hundred and seventy theaters right here in Toledo? <laughs> <laughs> you would think. Um, and its first week, it brought in $3.5 million. So, oh. 
it did I it did okay. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. But did the critics like it? Uh not really. It's all that whole violence, the gang violence and the glorification of stuff. Yes. Didn't I see somewhere that it got an 86 on Rotten Tomatoes? Or it something? did. It, and uh, an audience score of 88%, which is certified fresh. Yeah. Which means it's a good movie. Metacritic, it's down to 65%, which is kind of low. Yes. And it got a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there has been a remake in talks for years and the latest uh incarnation of it uh had the russo brothers attached to it um the russo brothers are uh more notably known in this time period for um their work in the marvel cinematic universe oh well they did a bunch of the the name but marvel is everywhere yeah they did like captain america civil war I oh think. wow yeah okay yeah they did. i've even heard of those they did several of those marvel movies i i don't see how you could um i don't see how this could be a remake though i mean it's you know it's just one little line it's get the guy well and i think the problem would be that if they made a remake now in 2020 one standards it would everybody would just be dead it it would just yeah. be blood and guts all over the right. place because only one guy had a gun you know oh and those girls had guns but yeah everybody's got a gun now and it's an automatic weapon they cut everybody down right and that's you know i don't i don't think that anybody would agree to go to a large summit unarmed that is true well Look at all those uh, people that went to Washington recently, and you know, I they weren't unarmed. They had their bear spray and their uh, you oh. know stuff. So <laughs> you know, let's bring politics into this. Oh God! <laughs> now, never mind. Scratch that thought. That's for another podcast. <laughs> and smarter people than us. Yes. <laughs> but it had an interesting premise. It did. You know that because of. You know, all, all the gangs in town going to get together and um, become one to get the prize. Right. Um, and in in the 2000s, when this movie was released on um, Blu-ray, they had, or was it just DVD? Well, it might have been just DVD, but also on the Blu-ray. Okay. They um, included, like, some comic book scenes that uh, were not in the version that we watched, but I believe is on the version that I own. Comic book themes or scenes, what do you mean? Like in the beginning, when they're, you know, the train is rushing through the subway and you're watching that, it's intercut with like comic book scenes. Of the, of the uh, groups? Yeah. And they, what the comic book scenes were trying to do was kind of equate the whole warrior mythos to the same legend that the movie 300 was based on. Oh. The, you know, the little army that get that has to face the big army. Mhm. And they they conquer. Yes. Um so that that's brought in later and I think that's more so to just get some popularity and some watches because people like 300 
Yes. Here are I am Sparta all over the damn place. Right. I have, I've heard of that movie too. I mean, I know that movie. Yeah. So I, yeah, I understand. Yeah, it would be. Little guy against the big guy. Right. Uh, it was also made into a video game for PlayStation 2 by Rockstar Games. Oh, wow. It's a big gaming company. In 2005, that's when it was made. Uh, oh. <laughs> and looking back at it now, I saw some, some stills of gameplay uh, when I was looking around for research. And the graphics are so bad. Yes. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, but apparently it was people loved it. And there is a subreddit. There's a couple subreddits still to this day that are based. Just talking about this? On the Rockstar Warriors game. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Also, uh, the uh, the video game, the Warriors video game, uh, was sued by Roger Hill, who played Cyrus, over likeness and voice rights. Oh. Because they used his stuff without permission. Yeah. Can they dig it? Uh, they tried. <laughs> I didn't see... <laughs> Um, an outcome of that, and there it there seemed to be some kind of uh, conflict between getting the the deal settled and then Roger Hill's death. Oh, so there really was no resolution to it. Yes, I don't know. It was weird. Yes, a lot of people will tell you that this is one of Sean Penn's first movies. Did you see Sean Penn in this movie? I I did not. I, you pointed out a guy that was not Sean Penn, and I thought that guy. Don't like Sean Penn? No, he doesn't. I mean, maybe as he flew by, as his head flew by the screen, you know, maybe, but I did not think he looked like Sean Penn. No, uh, his name is David Patrick Kelly, and he goes on to do a lot of other big name stuff. He was in The Crow. Oh. I believe his character is the one that fired the gun that killed Brandon Lee. Oh. Oh. I believe? I'd oh have to double check that, but um, he was a big part of that movie. Oh, uh, and he is also um, on the show Twin Peaks. Isn't doesn't um, Roger Hill have some connection to Twin Peaks? Roger Hill? I don't think Roger so. Roger Hill. <laughs> Where'd that name come from? That's the Cyrus's name. Walter Hill, the director. Uh that I don't know. I did not dig that far into it. Okay, I'll have to. I don't know. Some something in my head says that there's a connection somewhere. Okay. I I don't know. I don't know. The funny guy that I pointed out when they were with the girls and I said that he was supposed to get killed by the girls and they liked him because he was a comedical guy, yes. so they kept him around. Um he was played by what is his name? Oh, Terry Mikos. That role was originally offered to Tony Danza. Oh, I could see that. And Tony Danza turned down the role to take Taxi, the TV oh, show. Okay, I could absolutely see that. That was a Tony Danza part. Yeah. Yes. This movie has been referenced in music videos. There's a Twisted, Twisted Sister video, I believe, that uh, references the movie. Uh, Wu-Tang Clan definitely draws on stuff like this. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, I and, could see that. <laughs> And also Lady Sovereign, a white UK-based rapper. She's kind of one of those polarizing people. Uh, I personally kind of enjoy her. 
but her, her video for I Got You Dancing is basically The Warriors. Oh. It's quite fun. What else? Oh, we watched this uh, on HBO Max through my Hulu subscription. And that obviously was free through the subscription. Uh, Amazon had it to rent for $3.99. Or you could buy the digital copy for $13.99. Uh, YouTube Movies had it for 2 or $3.99, depending on the definition you'd like. Um, to buy it would be $9.99 or $13.99, oh. again, based on your definition. Uh, Voodoo, V-U-D-U, uh, is another movie app, and they had it from $2.99 and up. And uh, Google Play Movies and TV also had it from $2.99 and up. Okay. So, uh, you can find it. Uh, they... <laughs> They did have it for free on YouTube if you wanted to watch the movie in, like, three-minute pieces. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, we talked about that last week. Why would anybody want to watch a movie that was videotaped on somebody's phone? I don't, I don't get it. Sometimes it's the only way to get it. I guess. Oh, here I see what I was thinking. It's David Patrick Kelly, who is in this movie, Luther and the Cult Film Warriors. Maybe that's the connection I was thinking with this movie and Twin Peaks. In uh, Twin Peaks, he plays Uncle Jerry. He's a crazy guy. Yeah, um, maybe that's what I had seen something about that, maybe. Maybe I'm confused. And his brother, his brother owns the big uh, hotel lodge, uh, Ben Horn. So it's I, I've Ben I've never seen Twin Peaks Jerry. either, only, you know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that David Lynch is an acquired interest. taste. Yeah. I read that uh, this was a favorite film of President Ronald Reagan. What? Yeah. And apparently uh, he called Michael Beck, uh, Swan, the blonde yes, guy. Yes, the blonde guy. To tell him that they had screened it at Camp David. Oh, oh my goodness. So the Gipper's a fan. All righty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that Michael Beck can put that on his resume. <laughs> I, you know, he's got to put something on there. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, Robert De Niro was also asked to be in the movie as a cowboy. Uh, the guy with the hat, the, the little guy with the hat, that was cowboy. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. No, that's not even right. De Niro would have been older then. Uh, not in the late 70s. He would have, you know, early 30s, maybe? That's too old. Okay. These guys were all about, you know, 15. I, I don't know, <laughs> maybe 20. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they were 15. I think they were all close to 30. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, I don't I don't think I would have enjoyed Robert De Niro without a shirt on for the whole movie. Maybe 1970s Robert De Niro. I saw Taxi Driver. He looked good in that. Okay. All right. I mean, he was crazy, but... Aren't we all? Well, um, I did also see that people have been putting rumors that um, one of the gang members in the background was uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, okay. And, I mean, he would have been old enough. Sure. But I don't think that he, I don't think that he even begun acting until the late 80s. Yeah, that, that would be my thinking that. Um, he's a current, he, he's more current now than right. the 70s. I, I don't, uh, right. I don't know. He did a lot of Spike Lee movies, mm -hmm. so 
those were all mid to late 80s. Yeah. But, you know, there were a lot of faces in the crowd. And, you know, when they get young young actors, they any kind of credit's a good credit. Right. The guy that got hit by the train? Yes. That guy was uncredited. He was not listed in the credits. Why? He and uh, director Walter Hill had some kind of rift. Oh, is that why he got killed off real soon? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And because of their bickering and whatnot, um, he was just like, just don't even, just don't even credit me. Interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't think that you would want to argue with the director. Well. Then you get killed off. I don't know. Sometimes people need to be brought down to earth. I guess so. Um, yeah, that's true. I read that uh, there were real street gang members that did appear in the movie. Oh, my. And they also had um, hired protection of a street gang to watch their their trailers and their equipment trucks because there had been some uh, vandalism problems. Oh, that's that's interesting. But, yeah. You know, I'm sure stuff like that goes on all the time when they're shooting on the street. You've got to have the people that are operating the streets not, yeah. you know, get real. Yeah. I can dig it. Okay. <laughs> Um, I also read that the the uh, overall guys that fight yes. in the bathroom. Yes, the that roller was, skates. Yes, that was the only scene to be shot on a film set. Oh, because they uh, the New York uh, subway system wouldn't let them film there. I think it has more to do with just destruction of property, maybe. Oh, sure. You sure. Know, they did trash that bathroom. They really did. Yeah. And you know how do you shoot an enclosed space? Like a five-stall men's room. Right. Without, you know, building it yourself. I guess so. That makes sense. See, now I would have never thought of that because it looked like they went in the men's room and then they came out. <laughs> I did notice that there were a few, but for the most part, uh, there were not many um, mixed-race gangs. Uh, the Warriors obviously were a mixed-race gang. Yes. Well, that would speak definitely to the time. Um, there weren't a lot of mixing back then. You know, that, that that's a real thing. It's a real thing. Right. So that makes sense to me. You know, the, the Asian gang and the Hispanic gang and the black gang and the white gang. Absolutely. I, I get it. Yeah. You know, that time. I mean, it was then. That was the 70s. And that still is kind of a thing, um, and I only know that from reading about, like, Sons of Anarchy, <laughs> yeah. the motorcycle show, um, that motorcycle clubs don't really race well, mix. I think if you're going to have a gang or a club like that, don't you really want people who are just like you? And that really kind of eliminates people who live in a different culture than you? Yeah, I suppose. Different backgrounds, you know have different skills and, right. you know, but, stuff like that. But we're so, talking about a gang. I know, but still. They're, they're not, you know, they're not big business. Uh, I suppose. You know, they, they don't have to follow the law that inclusion right. is everything. And I guess also, Diversity. I'm kind of thinking stereotypically, um, you know, not all Asian people know karate or any other form of martial arts. <laughs> well, that's probably true. But um, in 1974, you probably would have thought that. Right. You know, and, and just the fact that, that, you know, he kept saying, what are you guys bagging out? Come on. Can't say that now. Oh, God, no. I you can't know, believe you just be, said it. <laughs> that would be offensive to a whole lot of people. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I think that in general this smoothie would be offensive to a whole lot of people today. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would. 1970s were a different different time. It was not like 2000s. You know, and here we are in 2021. I mean, diversity is everything. Yeah. So I guess they were ahead of the curve. Maybe. <laughs> the warriors, we mean. Because they also, they, they had the, a gay member. Rembrandt yeah. was very obviously gay. That's why he didn't fall for the girl group. Yes. And did you notice that uh, Vermin called the girl group a clique? So what clique are you with? Yes. He didn't call them a gang. Right. And I wondered if that was the, if that was like maybe a, a derogatory thing. So, oh, you're just a bunch of girls. Or it, it just didn't even cross his mind that girls could be in a gang. That. I would think that it would be the latter that, no, girls can't be in a gang. They're just in a clique. Yeah. So, yeah, I absolutely believe that. That's, <laughs> that's true. One thing I noticed was the subway cars. Now, I've never been to New York. Have you ever been no, on a I've subway? Never been to New York. Mm-mm. Okay. I've been on a subway in Toronto, but, you know, it was real. It just looked like a subway car. Um, yeah. These all were completely graffitied. I, I just... And I didn't know that cops just randomly strolled all over the... Did you notice how many cops were just at MTA stations? Yes, there there were no people, but there were cops there. And I think that that is a true thing, that there are um, rail, railroad police or whatever you would want yeah, to call them. But, like, actual, like, cop cops? But they weren't at every station. No, but when they were there, they were there. Yes. So I was a little a little surprised by that. Again, there were a lot more cops in the 70s, I think, you know, that definitely didn't travel around in one car, one cop in one car. Yeah. You, know, you never saw a single cop. <laughs> well, when you see Ajax get arrested, they, they show three or four cops oh my pile God. out and of then, that car. And then all the doors open. They were, <laughs> it was a clown car, all those cops <laughs> falling out of that car. <laughs> Um, and I loved how, uh, you looked at Ajax and was like, oh, that guy's creepy. He's creepy. I had to write that down because it made me laugh so hard. Yeah, he was, he started out creepy. Yeah, super, super rapey, like, instantly. Yeah, and he wasn't happy that that other guy took charge. He didn't take charge. Why, why was he dogging on the guy that took charge? Well, you know, some people aren't content with their, their lot in life. No. I wouldn't know anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that the plot was a little bit predictable. Yeah. And I think that was done on purpose. Probably. To to make the movie run smoothly together. Cohesively? Cohesively. Hey! Have you been reading the dictionary again? No, I'm just really smart. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um... We, you noticed in the credits that um, one of the producers was Joel Silver. We had to look it up. Yes. It is that Joel Silver. He has produced pretty much everything in Hollywood ever. Yeah. That was like jumped out at me. And, and um, that first song that played was Holland, Dozier, and Holland. I, I recognize them. I know who Holland, Dozier, Holland is. Yeah. yeah. They've been around forever. I think yes. they're still putting out music. Yes. I think that um, the music that was played fit the exact moment that was happening. 
You know, I, I think that um, she was the, the narrator. Is that what they called her, the narrator? The uh, disc jockey? Yeah, she was just listed as DJ. As the DJ? I, I recognized her name from from the... Uh, the credits. The credits, because uh, we, we liked Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. So I know who Lynn Finpeg is, and I recognized her right off. Um, she was also in Blank Man with uh, Damon Wayans, uh, which is, it's a cute little movie. Yes. I think it's funny that these people that I remember seeing from um, you kids' TV watching stuff was was really an actresses and actors. You know, like those people from, um, what's that? Oh, Sesame Street. Don't <laughs> come to me. <laughs> I'm just like, where are we going with what, this? What, what is she talking about? Well, you kept saying that you knew who the Gramercy Riff uh, guy was, the guy in the sunglasses and the Boy. sparkly jacket. Yeah. But when we looked him up, he had no other credits than the Warriors. But he sure looked like that guy from um, Electric Company. Huh. Maybe I'm remembering something I made up, but he sure looked familiar to me. And so did Swan. He looked familiar. And I'm sure he's been on shows like um, Murder, She Wrote and Absolutely. things like that that I have seen him in. You know, he'll be dressed to the nines and, you know, strutting around just like he was here. Uh, he has done a lot of, you know, like one-off TV work where, you know, just like guest appearance stuff. Yes. Um, I, I did a little Where Are They Now. Um, nice. Swan was played by Michael Beck. He yes. is still alive. IMDb didn't have any credits uh, after two fi- 2015 for oh, him. Uh-huh. And his other biggest film uh, is Xanadu. It oh basically tanked his movie career. Wow. <laughs> didn't that tank everybody's movie career? Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, Ajax, right. the creepy guy, is played by James Remar. He is still alive. He's still acting. Wow. Is he, he still uh, creepy? What I recognized him in is Dexter, the Dexter show about the serial killer. No, I don't. Oh, okay. Dexter is the show about a serial killer who works as a police, like, blood splatter well, analyst. He kind of looks like a serial killer. But, um, it's, Dexter's based on a book series, and, uh, it's, uh, he's a guy, and he's, he's a psychopath, but he is just trying to live a normal life. But his dad is really supportive of him. He's not like, oh, you know, go out and kill. And he's just like, well, you know, if you got to do this, and I understand that at some point you're going to have to do this, you got to do it smart and you got to do it right. Yikes. Um, and his dad was a cop. <laughs> oh. And that's James Remar. Interesting. Yeah. I, I thought that there was a little um, something with the... Uh continuity of the girl's shoes the girl's shoes they I, I am certain they kept changing i believe that they did they they were they were red i swear to god they were red at one point and, and they were they black were, in a subway station yep, and then they were silver or gray when she was they were running around in in the subway right and when they panned on her dirty nasty feet <laughs> when the the prom kids are sitting across from them her shoes were like purple and pink yeah Yes, there was something about her shoes that bothered me. And I, I don't know if that was just a trick of the lights. Maybe we're going blind or having strokes or something. Yes. But I, I really do think that her shoes changed colors. I think that they did. I don't know. I, I noticed something with her shoes. So 
I hope that we're not going blind. I hope so too. All right, I did read that um, Mercy, we're talking about her shoes. Yes, um, yes, her shoes. She was played by Deborah Van Belkenberg. I think that might be right. Yeah, this was her film debut. Oh. And I don't know, I looked it up, and I don't know if she had a lot of other acting. It looks like she's still acting. Uh, she was in... Uh, Rob Zombie's Devil's Rejects in 2005. And I've seen that movie. She must have been one of the older women that the the crazy people attack in the hotel. But uh, I, you know, I can't see her face in that movie. And she's done a lot of TV work. Um, and at the time, her boyfriend had told her that she shouldn't uh, even bother auditioning because the director is obviously looking for someone more well-endowed. What? Yeah. How did he know that? <laughs> Obviously, the dude's a douchebag. Yeah, apparently. Because, I don't know, she looked like every woman from the 70s and early 80s I've ever seen. Yeah. Long hair, little skinny minis. Yeah. Yeah. Men. I don't know. People get these ideas that, you know, how would he know what the director wants? Right. Idiots. Yeah. And also, why would you tell anybody that you're dating that you're not in, you're not well endowed enough? Yes. What? <laughs> right. I don't know. And did you notice at the beginning, it had an unusual beginning, just like the last movie we watched? There was some action, and then there was some um, talk about who's in the movie, and then there was some action, and then there was the directors. Did you notice that? I did. It was kind of um, punctuated. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Punctuated. Yes, it was punctuated. And then it, it the music was building. Yes. And then the train was moving. Right. Yeah, that was very interesting. I thought that really kind of set the tone for the, the entire show. Right. We didn't really kind of go over the basic uh, concepts of the movie yet. Oh! We're giving away all these spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The movie is about a group of nine men. They are the chosen delegates of their Coney Island-based gang, the Warriors, and they are tasked with going to a very large local gang summit in the Bronx where Cyrus, the one and only, as they keep calling him, yes, is going to, I guess, lead them all into becoming one giant gang that will overtake the city uh, because the gang's total about 60,000 soldiers, whereas the cops only had numbers uh, totaling about 20,000. During this big rally, Cyrus is uh, assassinated. Yes. And the warriors get blamed for it. And then they have to get from the Bronx to Coney Island, mostly on foot, through the night before they get killed. Yes. They just have to get back to their home turf because at the summit there was to be no weapons. Nobody's right. packed. And somebody did. Yes. Did you also hear the guy that kept saying that they got japped? We're gonna get japped. <sighs> I I didn't know what that meant. It's uh is a derogatory term, obviously, in reference to the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm offended. Yes. I <laughs> I they kept saying it. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And I had to look it up and I'm like Oh. That's not nice. Oh, well, they kept saying the uh, gay F word, so. Yeah. Uh, you know. Wow, this movie would, you know, this movie would be 
It's from the 70s. That stuff was all popular uh, vocabulary. Right. You know what? That's the way people talked back then. That's, yeah. You know. And I, I, uh, I'm not trying to be woke at all. Cause I don't want to be woke. Well, <laughs> Especially today. I do I, not want to go to sleep. I don't... <laughs> I don't want to say that, that I'm better than anybody else because I'm not. Um, but uh, yeah, oh my god. I know. I mean, there there's that line between being a a human being and being a butthole. Right. You know, and why why do people have to be buttholes? I don't get it. I don't either. I, you know, I I work with the public. I I see buttholes every day. I just <laughs> yikes. If, if I would come to your business and show you my ass the way you just showed me yours, it wouldn't be pretty. I don't get people anymore anyway. I don't well, either. How, how'd we get there? Well, <laughs> we did just live through a pandemic. We, uh, <laughs> that has changed everything else. So. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, back to the show. Back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a little conflict. Little conflict. Led to a final resolution. Yes. Somewhat happy in the end. Yes. Because they were cleared. Yes. Or should we have not said that? Well, well, we already just said we're spoiler alerting. <laughs> yes. It was, it was a, a fun little movie. Yeah. I like it. It's just, you know, these guys just trying to get home. Yep. And and one tech guy said that he was, they had to walk 100 miles or so to get back to Coney Island. I didn't look at the exact uh, it's a amount of mileage i think it's over 28 miles i think that's what i saw i, I looked <laughs> i thought i yeah that's, i don't think it's that far but you know when you're walking it feels like that yeah that's what i was thinking when when swan was by himself and he was walking through that subway station and up and down those those ramps just like I would just lay down and die at that point because my feet and my body I, know, I am not they, made for that I know I don't get it <laughs> and I don't get this this subway system I mean people use it every day to get back and forth to their jobs and their homes but it just looked that map that the guy showed how do you even read this I don't know. Did you see it? Did you notice oh, that? Oh, yeah. Map? The red line and the blue line and the brown line and the... Ay, yeah. Ay, ay. <laughs> I, I have, I have, like I said, I've ridden a subway in Toronto, but I knew where I was at and I knew where I needed to get off, so um, I didn't really have to pay attention to the maps. But when we were in Chicago, we rode the... Uh, L. The L and those maps were insane. Yes. Uh, and we did, uh, <laughs> we did take a ride on a train that we had to wait. It felt like hours for. And um, as we were leaving, there was a big sign that you could see from the train that said, uh, "You're always on time on the blue line." And I was just like, "No, the fuck, we're not." <laughs> nope. <laughs> We just waited hours for you. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's just like anything. If that's the, what, what you know and what you do, um, it's ordinary. It's every day. Right. And I said, I said during the whole show, I said, why don't they just get a taxi? And you said, well, there's no taxis. And then boom, there drove a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> Which I also found weird because he, even here in town, at all hours of the night, you can see a, a taxi Here person or there or everywhere. Somewhere. Yes, I agree with you. 
That's why I said, why don't they just get a taxi? You know, and this is, you know, a hundred years before, like, Uber and Lyft and stuff, but still. But, I mean, I guess that shows that you only stick to your neighborhood. That's your true. little piece of turf. Yes, yes. Um, and that you don't have friends outside of that turf. No, no. You only know the people who live beside you. Right, which I guess makes sense, but in my brain, it's just like, you kind of need to know people all over the place. That way, if you're in a jam, somebody can help you out. Yes, I agree with that. But, you know, back in the 70s, we weren't worried about stuff like this. Right, well, yeah. Our our biggest worry was getting out of Vietnam. And, you know, by, by this time this movie was, we were starting to get out of Vietnam and life was back to normal. You know, and so we didn't, we were there. We just were living with the people we lived with. And I can certainly understand how you don't know anybody else. Right. We didn't know anybody from the east side of Toledo or the west side or the north end. You know, I knew people in the south end and that's it. So yeah, I understand that. But all through this movie, I kept having this feeling that there was somebody behind this kill. Uh, and that answer was never answered for me. It really never wasn't. Um, Luther is always on the phone with somebody. And yes. who he's on the phone with, we're not exactly sure. But, I, I, like, with all gangs, there has to be a top dog. There has that to be. never goes into the field. He's at the tippy top. He doesn't have to work. Right. So I'm wondering if he was just talking to their leader. Okay, Yes, I, yeah, I'm sure that's it. But, but also, on the beach, when they're like, well, why'd you do it? He's just like, I like to do stuff like that. Yes. So, maybe he's just a crazy person. Well, maybe that was the answer. There wasn't anybody uh, in charge of this. He he just did it himself. Maybe. But I have to wonder, why didn't he just have the gun on him? Why did it have to pass through all those hands? I didn't understand that scene did you even notice that scene i did um and i think it's i think maybe it was a delegate member that snuck in that uh was not one of the official do, do you think those guys nine were people officially delegates well they were uh they you know they had a a cut that's what their little vests are called cuts. oh i didn't know that so i mean and they looked they they had numbers but the orphans weren't invited so maybe these guys weren't invited either and that's why they were disgruntled maybe am i just making up thoughts now i think maybe <laughs> because they when they talk about the orphans uh when they get when the warriors get to the orphans they're like oh these guys are real low rent low class yeah. um and then when the dj's talking about them she calls them uh minor leaguers yes and i believe that the gramercy riff guy said that they were like a nobody gang like an unestablished gang oh okay they so they weren't a, a real gang yet they weren't really on the map okay and maybe that's why they weren't but I, I still have to wonder why why those guys were there. Just to cause trouble? Uh, just to have some conflict. They, yeah. These guys had to get home and they had to have obstacles. Yes. But I liked how there was always, um, amongst the nine guys, there was always a voice of reason. Yes. You know, one or the other would say, you know, are you sure we want to do this? You know, and it would turn out that we should have listened to him. Right. Yeah, we talked about Rembrandt and being gay and him not falling for the Lizzie's because he was just like, I can see what you're doing and you guys are going to get us into trouble. Yes. Because you're hound dogs. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and I don't remember hearing Swan's name until the they were in the subway and she asked what his name was. Did we hear anybody call him by oh, name? Yeah. Right after they get out of the rally and they're meeting into the cemetery. Yeah. Like, you know, why Swan? get to be or why do you get to be the the war chief and he says Cleon said that Swan was war chief oh I do remember that I do remember that so yeah they do mention his name but they don't mention a lot of their names no they don't really mention names to each other right and maybe that's part of the gang thing we don't want to be spreading our name around uh well I don't know because they all have they're all obviously those aren't their names right Swan and Cowboy and Ajax and (laughs) Um, a Rembrandt. Okay. The black guy with the Indian headdress, they called him Cochise. They don't even mention that guy's name, but his name in the credits is Cochise. Oh, okay. I don't know, but I just like that there was always a voice of reason and they should have followed his direction. Yep. I do like how uh, <laughs> you said that James Remar was creepy and he gets taken down because he was being a creep. <laughs> yes. He did. He uh, he thought he was hot stuff. And then know. he's just another John on the hook. Yep. <laughs> that woman was Mercedes Rule. I can't tell you what she's been in. I know the name. And I recognized her face when you yeah. said who she was. I thought, oh, yes, I recognize her. I feel like she was in, like, cop shows in, like, the early 90s. Mm, could be. NYPD Blue-ish or something like that. She was like pretty. That. Yeah. She looked to be a bit older. I, I thought that, and I thought, well, no, she can't be that much older, but maybe that's the way she was supposed to look. Oh, maybe. As a, you know, a decoy? Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. The, <laughs> that was just a little side action. <laughs> the wardrobe choices. You, you <laughs> noticed that there was a wardrobe person, and you're like, why did they have a wardrobe person? I'm like, somebody had to find these guys' as sparkly vests and purple headbands. Yeah, and those silk robes. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wanted one. I know, especially that sparkly one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it was. It was fun. I liked it. What is there anything else that we needed to really discuss? No, I liked it how when it, they got home when it was dawn. Yeah. The start of a new day. Yeah. They were cleared and everything. And yeah. I want to know, before all this happens, that guy goes before the Gramercy Rips and is like, yeah, I've got something to tell you about who shot Cyrus. Uh, who was that guy? With I, like the butterfly face tattoo or whatever? Yeah, I did not recognize I did not recognize him from the criminals, the other guys. But it, it, even at that point, the the warriors didn't know that they were had been fingered. Right. They didn't realize it until, and and it wasn't mentioned until Rembrandt said after the after they Lizzie's, bust out of the Lizzies that he said, "Oh, they think we shot Cyrus." Yeah, and that was very near the end of the movie. Yes. So they didn't even know that they had been running for their lives. Well, they kind of did, because when they first get on that first subway after the rally, they're like, you know, what if the truce is off? We gotta bop our way home. Yeah. And they're just kind of like, I hope the truce is enough. I think they quickly know that the truce is off. Yeah, but I don't think that they knew that they had been fingered for shooting him. Right. They knew that, that they were needed to get out of there, get on their own turf, but I don't think they knew until right then when when uh, she said and he heard. So, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. 
puts a whole different spin on it. Yeah, this is one of my favorite movies. I'll watch this movie all day, every day. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun and nice and not as bad as I thought, but no. I'm Especially in. for having an R rating in 1979, but I'm sure it was because of the... Uh, the gang violence. Yes. And um, they do say the F word a few times. But again, you know, when I tried to sell this to you, um, I said <laughs> that, you know, this was a violent movie in 1979, which is basically a Sesame Street show today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Yes, you are correct. A lot of the violence was just kind of implied. Yes, yes. And I recall, you know, having seen many movies in the 70s. Yeah, it was like that. It not. It wasn't graphic like it is today right you did not see everything like you see today right and the fighting you said that they weren't they were pulling their punches it did look like they were actually really kind of sparring yes but not trying to kill each other right um which in today's movies you know that they're shadow boxing yeah and it's real obvious that yeah I'm gonna throw my fist and it's gonna be five feet from your head but you're gonna react like I just hit you so hard yes it was it was a good movie did you like you like I, I liked it and I I would probably watch it again but I wouldn't look for it okay that's you know fair. like the last movie that was a sweet movie and I would watch it again yeah you would actually look for that to watch again raising Arizona raising Arizona yeah <laughs> That was a cute one. I, I could add that to my, uh, my other two movies that I like. <laughs> Your rotation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in honor of the Warriors being from Coney Island, um, today's theme snack was uh, Coney Dogs and Gelato. And it was all delicious. It really was, but we started eating at about 8.15 a.m. <laughs> So, <laughs> so we had hot dogs for uh, breakfast. And it's, it's a little bit rough. Yeah, it is a little bit it rough. It was a rough decision. Yeah. yeah. Justin said that we wouldn't be happy. Yeah, and my belly's been talking to me, so. <laughs> you know, I hope I hope that doesn't turn up on the show. <laughs> it's been growling. And, oh, God. But you know what? I'd do it again. Yeah. Would you? Uh, well, yes. <laughs> I, I love a hot dog. I do too. I, I love a hot dog. And God bless Justin and his trying to be a bit more of an ethical eater. I just love a chicken lips and pig butthole hot dog. Yes, ma'am. I, Nathan's are fine. I love Nathan's. Hebrew nationals are fine. I, I like them too. I have eaten so goddamn many of them though. There is nothing wrong with a casing dog at all. I don't like those. But a good old cheap hot dog is the best. The best! <laughs> there, actually, you can't find a cheap hot dog anymore. But, you know, hot dogs, hot dogs need to be just hot dogs. Yeah, they don't need to be fancy. Nope. No, it's um one of the delis that we go to to get um kielbasa has oh they they have the casing dogs they and they the have casing dogs there kielbasa that's flavored oh all different blueberry sausage oh no thank you Ew. kielbasa doesn't need to have flavors in it, it no just needs it just to needs be... to taste like kielbasa put a little. Put a little cabbage and some potatoes with it. It's just fine. Yes. Yeah. 
I don't see that, but there's nothing wrong with the casing dog. Love them, love them, love them. Yeah. Or a good old um, kosher dog, love them too. But I like a plain old hot dog. Yep. Uh, we uh, we topped it off with uh, mom made baked beans and they were amazing. Oh, yeah. Baked yes. beans. And they were good. I, I love baked beans. We were going to have chips with it just because it, we, it why not delicious. have... It delicious. I just, you guys are brave doing that at like 8 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we were. My whole day would be set. <laughs> Our fates are sealed. Yep. yep. Um, and we topped it off with some Talenti gelato, which I, I have never had before. I've the never either. Thing about it, I, I bought it once, I think. Did you? I not remember it. I didn't think it was that great. But I, I don't know if I'm just not a huge gelato fan or See, what. Yeah, and I had heard that it wasn't all that great. Right. I, you know, I've heard mixed The two we had were... Delicious. It was really good, um, but it's not something I'd go out of my way to buy no, again. It's too expensive. It I was mean, expensive. It was a nice treat for today. Right. But to have that in my refrigerator for every day, it's too expensive. Yeah. That's a that's a special treat thing. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, said Asian stuff uh, begins with an M, mochi or something. Yeah. I was thinking about trying those. They have a few different flavors at the store. We got like an orange, a green, and a double chocolate. I might buy some something. Okay. Is that are those those little balls? Yeah, I, I think it's like they the look box, like little it's sandwiches. Like rice, rice, rice candy coating, which I don't know what that means, but it's like I know they make like a Nestle's bar out of rice or whatever. But, oh. And then it's just full of ice cream. This is the oh. way that I write. Oh. It's always good to try new stuff. Yeah. Always. We have concluded that we enjoyed this movie. Yes. And uh, we also have decided to keep going with this. I think so. This has been I'm fun, for, fun. It's been fun for me. I hope someone listens and they get some entertainment out of it. I, well, I, I the hope way that so. I look at it, it's all that matters is you guys are having fun. You know? <laughs> That's what matters. Yes, that is all that matters. We enjoy ourselves. Yeah. I'm having a good time because I'm funny. I, I'm i even funnier than she is. Okay. I taught her to be funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, next week, uh, we are going to be watching John Waters' Crybaby. Oh, okay. I, I recognize John Waters. I've never yeah. seen any Johnny of Johnny Depp's movies. in it. There's a lot of people in that movie that you're going to recognize. Okay. That's a fun, it's got some music, it's got some trash. Nice. It's got some class, all over I, the place. I love classy, not trashy. <laughs> I love trashy, not classy. <laughs> Just like me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think this was another successful watch. I do too. And I had a good time. Did you have fun? I had a lot of fun, thank you. Good, I'm glad. I guess we will see you next time. Bye.